The following is not legal advice coming from an attorney. Nothing more than a father speaking from his own experience. Should you need actual legal advice, contact an attorney. It's time for another episode of The Father's Truth. The show where real men band together, stand up for father's rights, and bring the father's truth out of the darkness, out of the darkness, and in to the light. Giving fathers a voice everywhere. A broadcast brought to you by the Father's Lives Matter Network. Here's your host, Alan Donovan. All right, guys, we are back. I certainly do apologize for that. My phone, for whatever reason, just restarted on its own. I don't know. Um, My previous episode, we were really, really going hard about the government and conspiracy within the family court system. And a lot of times when I get really hard into those topics, I start having technical difficulties. And this time, they just shut my phone all the way off. And, uh, yeah, so let's get Yana back in here and try this again. All right, we're just waiting for Yana to come on in. Yeah, Steph, this happens... (laughs) I, I, it's really weird when I really start going hard and see now Yana's not able to join. Wow. Yeah. When I, when I really start going down the conspiracy rabbit hole, stuff like this happens, but this is a first where it's not allowing me to bring my guest back on. So let's try this again. Huh? Yana, are you there? What happened? What what happened? I saw that you were suddenly frozen and the thing keeps circling like that. My phone just all what of a sudden. What was I my saying? Phone just, my phone just all of a sudden shut off. No warning. What was I saying? That was so wrong. <laughs> I don't know, because I've got seventy-five percent battery life and it just flat yes. no warning whatsoever, just shut off and restarted. This is so- this is this is very terrible. this is terrible. So I, I think I think I've got somebody who's listening that does not like what I'm talking about, especially with the previous episode with Nick Tipton. Okay. Going really hard about yeah. how corrupt everything is. And usually when I go down that road on Instagram, stuff like this starts happening. But that's the first time that is the first time my phone has ever just shut off midstream and just said, No, I'm done. Interesting to say the least. Um, Well, guys, I was just saying something that I don't think is threatening to anybody. I I don't know how far you could could hear from what I was saying, but I just was saying that I usually don't share this, but I am educated on the topic. I know what fatherlessness does. I know the whole dynamics, father-daughter dynamics, how it is to not bond with your father and then go and search for a partner or a husband. And still, my partner knows that sometimes, out of the blue, I just need a hug. And then when I do that, it feels like I'm eight years old, and I just need to know that it's all fine. And I'm 42, and I still sometimes need to do that. And he knows that it actually comes from that place where I never had a father who would hug me and say, it's fine. It's good the way you did it. It's good. Or, you know, you will feel better later. So, and it's so, it sounds so stupid. Like, she's aware of all of this. Why would she need to do that? But just to let people know that these wounds can run very deep. And I wasn't part of the group of fatherless daughters who ended up doing drugs or being pregnant in 15 or dropping out of school. But still, the high anxiety to, to live without a purpose, to always feel dissatisfied. No, don't really trust people. It brings a lot of problems, you know, to be abused and bullied by people and no, no father to protect you. That is difficult. So you don't even need to be part of the, you know, very bad um, extreme. It still creates issues. So every time somebody says, oh, no, I'm totally fine. No, 
I, I doubt everybody who says so is really fine. And some of them end up with me. So well, I see it. <laughs> you know, I can, I can testify from my own life. You know, for those of you who don't know, you know, I was raised by a single mom. Okay. And I love yeah. her to death. I love her dearly. God rest her soul. My dad was just a piece of shit. You know, there is no other way to say it. He was a great, so I have three older sisters, okay? He was a great father to them. But when I was growing up, when it came time for him to be a father to me, he just kind of punched out. Him and my mom divorced. Mm. And he kind of went his separate way. And I really didn't see him. I would get, you know, the, the random check-in call here and there to, you know, basically find out if I was still alive, more or less. But he was not a good dad. And that continued the rest of his life. I remember when I was fighting for my son, my dad calling me up and saying, hey, come over, let's, let's have a talk. Because the next week, I was going down to represent myself in Kentucky on, you know, in court. And this was going to determine whether or not I was going to be able to still be a part of my son's life. And so he calls me up and I come over and he, and he says, you know, sit down, I want to talk to you. And I said, okay. And he looks at me and he goes, you're going to lose. And I was not even thinking about court and it did not register what he was talking about. And I said, what? He goes, you're going to lose. I said, what are you talking about? He goes, when you go down to court next week, you are going to lose. And I said, very encouraging. I said, why, why would you say that to me? Why would you say that? I said, you are supposed to be supporting me. You are my father. And you are supposed to be supporting me. And you're telling me that I'm going to lose. I said, you realize if that is what happens, you're not going to get to see your grandson. Do you understand that? And he didn't say anything. And he said, well, you know, I just don't want you to get your hopes up. And I said, you know what? Come on. I am your only son. And this is, the, this is what you consider support. I said, you should be telling me that I'm going to kick ass and I'm going to win and all this other stuff. You should be my back. You should be my, my rock. But I said, this is what you're telling me that I'm going to lose. And I said, you know what? That is fucking pathetic. How dare you? And it, re it really pissed me off. And, you know, he honestly, looking at him, he, I, it did not compute to how damaging of a statement he just made at this point, you know, I'm, you know, I'm a 40 year old man and it hurt. It fucking really hurt because these wounds that you were talking about that, you know, you grow up with without a father, those wounds heal, but they don't ever really heal. If that makes sense. They just, they skin over, but they don't ever really. Well, heal. you have a scar, you have a scar. So you see them, you feel them sometimes, you know, some yeah. people sometimes can see them if they're you could you could explain it like that a little bit yeah. i always try to explain to people who don't understand what fatherlessness means i say you just imagine every one of your parents is a leg of yours because it's your two foundation 50 percent, 50 percent. try to walk through life with only one so you need a a stick or something so then you try to go through life and do what all the kids do but they have two legs, you have one. And all the kids who only have only one parent have one. So you move differently. People know there's something different about you, but they don't want to offend you, so they maybe don't say anything. Some will laugh about you. Oh, he can't walk, he only has one. So, and there comes a time where you say, oh my God, why, why would never anyone explain to me why I only had one leg no. and what it did to me? And why now everything is out of balance because I'm walking with a stick. So it's, to lose one, to, 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 yeah. It's hard to grow up that way. So, you know, I remember, yes. I remember plenty of times growing up and feeling jealous because my friend's dads would come to their football games, would come to their sporting. Mm. My dad came for one half quarter of my very last football game in, in, in high school. And the only reason he came is because we did parents night where he got to walk mm -hmm. out on the field and, you know, he was introduced along with, that was the only reason he came and he was drunk on top of it when he came. Oh my and, God. And, and, you know, I, I, I used to get jealous of, you know, my friends who had 
you know, their mom and their dad in their life because I didn't have that, you know, and that's why I bust my ass like I do for my son because I want him to have all the stuff that I didn't have growing up, you know, because I remember yeah. when my parents got divorced, sitting in the truck crying my eyes out and making a pledge to myself that if I was ever in the same set of circumstances, I would never do to my kids what was being done to me. And that's such a hard well, thing for God. people that age and, to realize. And thank God you had the strength and the awareness to see, okay, this situation is not ideal, but I need to make the best out of it. And the best for my son right now is not to be with that person who's actually willing to erase me. Yep. So the child needs to be with the one parent who's willing to include the other one. Yeah, and, and when I got back from court and I told him that I won, it, there was no excitement. There was no joy. It was just like, oh, okay, good job. And I was like, really? That's it? Okay, good job? Wow. And, you know, I had to, I had to foster a relationship with his grandson. I had to foster that. I had to basically force that. If I hadn't done that, he would have never have had a relationship with my son. And unfortunately, you know, he didn't live long enough to see me win custody, full custody of my son. He passed away the month before. But, mm. you know, it's, it's, it's tough because those wounds, they never truly heal. And going back, you know, especially women, going back to these young girls that grow up without these fathers, they spend their adult lives trying to find their father in the men that they end up with. And a lot of times because they yeah. have no idea on what they should be looking for, because let's face mm -hmm. it, a lot of times the moms are not the most ideal parent. And in so far as romantic relationships and bringing men into the house. So the young girls growing up have no idea what a true relationship is like, they tend to recreate what their mom did and they end up with these douchebags. Yes. And they, and they often, um, witness situations that are not really suitable to kids a certain age. If they maybe see their mom fall in love twice or three times while, while they are growing up and they start seeing like these, like this scenario where, the mother is behaving like a teenager, maybe not really hiding certain things from the kids, interacting with this man in a way that is inappropriate in front of children. You know, like I've seen this happen with mothers where I was like, look, your kids shouldn't be seeing or knowing always when you're dating your boyfriend or if he sleeps in the house, he shouldn't even be sleeping in the house. It's like, you got to have boundaries. So yes, someone says you're an amazingly strong man. Yes, he is. He is, and now I see, I know we're close in age. Please, people, don't tell anybody I'm the older one. <laughs> of, uh, you know, I'm two years older than Alan. Don't tell people that, please. <laughs> and yes, extremely intelligent. Um, I'm not extremely intelligent. I just am good at helping myself, but actually I'm not that super smart. I don't consider myself to be super, super intelligent. Um, well, there is types of intelligence that I think are are more present in me maybe than in other people. Yeah. That's why I can deal with people a certain way. That's why I can interact with men a certain way. But it's absolutely true what you said, that if you didn't have a father figure in the home, um, you pick up what a man should be as a husband for you from movies, from books, from what you see around you. So then it's like a woman going shopping for a dress that she imagines in her head, but maybe it's not hanging anywhere yeah. because you made it up in your head. So then it's like no man can really keep up with the standard you have. A lot of fatherless daughters need a man that is like a strong and shiny armor guy sitting on a horse. You know that yeah. myth of a, of a warrior? That's often what we think we need because we need the protection we need the validation we think you know we want a guy that makes us look good a guy that we can really depend on but then of course you will meet normal guys and not every guy is that yeah. type of a guy you know maybe he's a great guy and super loyal and he will protect you and he can take care of you and 
but we tend to have such an extreme image that doesn't even exist anywhere that it's very difficult for a guy maybe to make you happy and you always will feel frustrated like why am i not happy and why does it work for them and it doesn't work for me and or we end up falling for the guys who will leave us because we repeat the abandonment scenario over and over until you understand where it comes from and you don't need to recreate it or attract that kind of energy anymore of a douchebag who's going to just walk out of you because he didn't care in the first place he had 30 other girls that he could pick from because you know if you look for the guys that are like at the top in looks and popularity whatever it's like most of the girls sleeping with the same guys yeah, yeah and and you know it's, so it's funny i in my own personal life in my own you know offline real world life in my friend set i watch this thing play out time and time and time and time again where you know the the running joke is you know among females is you know i don't like him unless he has red flags unless i know there's red flags i'm not attracted to him and you know i i i got curious about that and i asked one of my friends i said okay what is the deal with that you've been through shit and hell with these guys. And this yeah. guy that you're now pursuing is basically a carbon copy of the last guy that did this shit to you and you know he's going to do this shit again. Why are you pursuing him? You know what she answered? Because that's what they need. Can you can you take a guess what she said? Yeah. Yeah, she she said that, but then she also said I didn't have a dad growing up. Exactly. So they are used to an environment where that is unpredictable if you have a single mother who's maybe struggling financially so uh, or struggling with a relationship that ended or a guy who didn't respect her or suddenly you have to move homes because something happens and she can't afford it and you end up developing an alert system to always be aware that something could happen very quickly and you need to be alert and be able to deal with it so then it gets even worse and that wasn't my case all the time i just had that experience once but i know of girls where the mother had maybe four boyfriends in the span of 6 years 10 years and they all were aggressive in their behavior a lot of shouting a lot of maybe sometimes you know a slap even disrespect abuse between the two like i push you you push me and then they reconcile again and they're very happy and so they are really used to that chaos so it's very difficult for them if they date a good guy who makes them feel comfortable and protects them and makes sure they are you know happy and they do nice stuff together and that's suspicious to them yeah. they don't know that kind of vibe it's like oh my god something must be wrong this is not normal that's what, what their subconscious says well, that's not normal so they need the drama to feel that that's, that's something that they know how to move in she told me about the one the the one quote unquote good guy that she had dated she said you know he was all those things prince charming he loved her he did things for her didn't ask she didn't ask for this stuff you know the stuff like you see in the movies and the romance novels you know she comes home from work You know there's a bath drawn for her there's rose petals yeah. in the bath dinner's ready ready to go this was the kind of guy that she was dating and she said you know Alan it was just so fucking boring it was boring. yeah that's incredible and i said what i said how is that boring she said there was just something missing and i couldn't put my finger on it and the only time i felt good is when i started a fight That's the only time I felt good in that relationship and I was like holy Christ. I was like well, but that lady has issues. That's not normal. No, that's not normal and the thing is it gets even worse when ladies who have these issues end up going out into the world thinking that the world or men do owe them understanding. But you know the crap I went through it's normal that I can't control it sometimes. Oh yeah, I'm so sorry but you know and it's like i'm sorry that man doesn't need to put up with all that so you should go see a therapist or see somebody who can help you with your stuff of course you can be honest and say look i grew up this way so sometimes it feels a bit off to me and i don't know why and so please don't take it personally if i 
don't know how to behave or you can discuss these things and if somebody loves you they will try to be understanding but a man doesn't owe you understanding so you cannot go through the world in this way and expect to get a high value guy who's going to make you the center of his life and work for you and do all of these nice things for you um then it's like okay maybe you you just you get what what you deserve because if that's the energy you put out and then they say oh there are no good men out there yeah but these men maybe don't want you bitching all day complaining all day don't don't you know without without being able to just to be happy to be present and society actually educates women this way you're a goddess yeah you deserve everything if you can't take me at my worst you know you don't deserve me at my best baba you don't deserve me and it's like no no even even with this uh thing today like you need to accept women no matter what how they look no matter how they are it's like no i i had friends who say look i know i'm a pig i put on weight because i was neglecting my health i didn't go work out and yeah well you know once i start eating pasta and bread all day that's what i look like yeah i'm pig a woman will make excuses like oh yeah you know my bones are built a bit bigger and that's just my metabolism and i always was a bit chubby and it's like no i've seen you before and you put on like 10 kilos in 6 months so the perfect no. example i see <laughs> so, <laughs> okay so you know what reddit is right yeah reddit yeah yeah so, so, yeah. so i i troll reddit and i go through and i read a bunch of stuff and they they've got a dating forum on there and some of the funniest shit i've ever seen has popped up on the back so there was this one where this guy screenshot this conversation that he was having with this girl i think it was on tinder yeah. of all places and she was asking him you know well how much do you weigh how tall are you and and her guideline was 6 foot or above she wouldn't date a guy unless he was like 6 foot or above and had a beard and 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 the guy turned around well a beard A beard. a beard you can salt that you know yeah and 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 the guy turned around and he asked her he said how much do you weigh how much do you weigh oh whoa 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 no 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 so offended and he goes what getting offended you are asking me how tall i was and if i wasn't yeah. 6 feet if i didn't fit your predetermined standard i wouldn't have a chance well get yeah. what my predetermined standard is you weigh less than 200 pounds Yeah. It's because she was over 200 pounds and she started calling him a misogynist and a bigot and all this other stuff and that's the kind of clown world that we live in today where this is Yes. This is the way it is. Yeah. And I have seen this happen. I mean, women like single mothers who who talk to me saying, "Look, I also grew up fatherless. Can you help me because I don't want my daughter to go through the same thing." and i say oh look that's amazing you know that you want to do something different yeah you know if you have questions just write in whatever some of them cannot afford to to maybe do a full coaching program with me because i do those too but i always say yeah you know subscribe to my newsletter get to the free q and a's get the free stuff i offer a lot of stuff so you can just get in get information and meet other people that helps too but then you know not all of them some of them are like well but you know i hope to still find like a high value guy who will understand my past and and i'm like okay so it could be yes i also found an amazing guy at 36 years old and with a 7 year old being a divorced single mom i did and he could have when i met him he was randomly dating girls who were under 25 sometimes and he was like in his early 30s Mm-hmm. very good looking no previous wives no previous kids you know looking very young not attached to anybody so he could do that and the girls loved him he's a gentleman you know you can have fun with him he loves music and i mean a really cool guy to hang out with and then they said like and why did he pick you with a kid you know you couldn't get out much and and i said well i don't know it sounds bad but i was responsible i was industrious i was working i tried to build something on the side so i could spend time with my daughter i didn't complain i always took care of myself and let's face it i mean that's him saying it i looked above average mm-hmm. so he was attracted to me i looked very young for my age it's true at 36 i looked like 26 people never guessed my age 
was just a genetical thing, I guess. My mother also looked very young till she was in her 50s. But um, so I guess, you know, if I had been overweight and not taking care of myself and of course, he had other girls to pick from who were young and good looking and childless, you know, but they often don't want to face that. And then I'm like, look, I'm not saying you cannot attract a guy with a similar mindset who says, look, I understand you didn't know better. You made some mistakes. Doesn't, doesn't reduce the value of who you are as a human. So, so look, you know, I also have a kid. Um, I'm going to marry you. I, that happens too. Okay. But they often think they're going to get a guy who looks good, is six feet tall, makes $200,000 a year. Six-figure year. <laughs> and it's going to take care of her and her other child that she maybe has by another man. The second, because sometimes they have kids from multiple guys. So it's not always going to happen. Yeah. Well, because these guys can pick someone else who's childless and less complicated for them, you know? It, yeah. It's normal. Who can blame them for that? So I'm always grateful that I, I, I mean, it's been six years that we're together. And, and it's not easy when you're older and you already are used to live without a guy for many years and you yeah. have a kid. It's normal. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you can't adjust to living together and there's things that are more difficult to change because you're older, but you got to work on it. And I hate that clip that I saw with Michelle Obama saying, yeah, sometimes my marriage was 70, 30. No, it needs to be 100, 100 in order to work. Yeah. Nope, I agree. In my that. opinion. And, and it is work. That, that's, the, that's the reason why I don't try to date. That's why I stay out of the dating pool because it's, you know, it is a shit show. It's a mud It's pretty hopeless. It, it's oh, pretty absolutely. hopeless for men like you. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it's an absolute mud puddle around here in my area and you know from talking to friends that i have around the world from you know my time spent doing this over the last almost decade you know they're pretty much mirroring the same sentiment that i have is it's it's hopeless you know if you are it is it is difficult yeah yeah if you're a decent guy who takes care of himself takes care of his responsibilities you know doesn't have a criminal record good luck you know good freaking luck dude yeah, well, and you like you, you you like living in a place where it's cold, and I I bet you know how to hunt your own food and mm -hmm. how to make it, and some <laughs> you know that's not that appealing to many women today that have been brainwashed with the whole consuming and buying stuff all the time. I mean, um, it's the Kim I believe I still believe you're gonna you're gonna end up finding a lady that fits you. <laughs> I, you know, I would like to, I would like to think that, but you know, honestly, at this point in time in my life, it doesn't bother me if I don't, you know, it's good. If it doesn't, it's good to detach yourself from the outcome. That's true. If you're happy by yourself and with your son, that's the most important thing. I mean, if it, but, you know, but I, I'm certainly not going to go out and, and actively seek it out, you know, just because yeah. made when Xander was, I think Xander was a year old. I made a promise to myself that I was not going to date until he was 18. So I could focus all my attention on, on raising him and his name. Yeah. Cause that was another, okay. So that was another scar that I had from my dad growing up. Mm. Like every week there was another woman that there, there was my new mom, you know, growing up, my dad, my oh, dad no, was a serial woman. Yeah, he was a serial womanizer. Yeah. And, and so I grew up watching that. And I made that decision that, you know, when I had kids, I wasn't going to put my son in that kind of situation where, you know, there was constantly going to be another person, a new person in his life 24-7. I just wasn't going to fucking do that. You know, and, and I yeah, yeah, yeah. and and, you know. And sometimes it's better, you know. You got to see what works for you. I mean, I, I, I will never blame somebody for just saying, look, I'm still young and it's normal. I want to find the person again. But be careful, you know. I never allowed any guy to move into my house with my daughter, yeah. into my flat. I always said, well, I can date him the first month. I don't even want my kid to meet him or to know. Then I saw, you know, okay, I dated somebody before. I found my partner for a couple of years. But in the end, I saw, okay, the guy was super generous and super nice. And 
but he didn't have his shit together. He was a little bit of a victim mentality. He struggled with a lot of his own stuff. And I was like, no, that's unhealthy. Yeah. It wasn't a healthy relationship. So in the end, I said, look, we need to end this. I better stay with my daughter. So I didn't actually expect to find anybody anymore. And the thing is, I could. I never used Tinder because I don't like these things. And, well, I know it's going to sound, sound bad, but I actually never needed to. I mean, yeah. I met people all the time. You know, you can meet people in a supermarket, in the park, near your house. I mean, I met people all the time just because I was out, outgoing, although I worked and I had a kid, but I wasn't, like, hiding. So I, ha I, I had opportunity to meet guys, but the thing is, of course, um, it's bad if you're in your early 30s and you're divorced and you look young yeah. and you look a little bit above average. You can be pretty lonely because married women don't want you to come to their home so the kids can have a play date because they don't want you there meeting their husband. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because you're potential competition. Yes. And at first, I didn't even know that. And I spent years saying, oh, my God, why is it so difficult for me to make friends with other families? And, and then when I met my actual partner, he told me, you were too young and too good looking. They felt threatened by you. And I was like, no way. Why? And they said, yeah, you see that since you come to school to pick your daughter up with me, they treat you different and the mothers talk to you more. No. And I said, yeah, it's actually true. So that happens, but that all comes with being a single mom. And it's just things you won't be able to avoid all the time. You just got to eat it. I mean, it's the way it is. Just do whatever you have to do. And That's the way I saw it. And I did. So I've seen that from my side as well. You know, being a single dad, I've had more than, you know, more than quite a few female friends that have approached me and said, Hey, you know, my boyfriend, my husband isn't comfortable with our friendship. He's worried. I'm like, what? Yeah. Hi. Yeah. We're friends. Well, he's worried because he sees you as competition. Mm. You know, like you, that always kind of blew me away because I'm like, fuck, dude, you're like my sister. Okay. <laughs> you know, I don't look at you that yeah. way. You're like my sister. But, you know. Yeah. I can kind of understand it being in that mindset of a husband or a boyfriend. And all of a sudden here's this guy that, yeah. you know, is single and doing his own thing. And, you know, yeah, it can be threatening. I get it. I understand it. But it, yeah, it's, that's it's the thing. A, you just got to respect that, that it's, it's normal maybe for them to think that way. Not everybody's able to just tolerate everything. Actually, it's better. It's a bad sign if people tolerate everything. <laughs> I always find it a bit suspicious, yeah, you know, but, um, but I totally understand. And so, yeah, it just, it, it makes it hard. And, you know, I'm just at the point where, you know, I'm just like, you know, I, I just, I am not interested in dating at all. I'm not interested in trying to find someone. I'm not interested in going through all the regular mall that it entails these days. I'm just not. Mm. have the energy for it. Mm -mm. no 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 and, and really when i see i mean i was born in 1980 you know like you i still know what it is to to communicate without cell phones without <laughs> internet so we were still raised and know what it means to spend time with people having real conversation and mm -hmm. what you buy or don't buy wasn't only always the most important thing or the stuff you were talking about social media wasn't in the picture so nowadays, when I start watching certain content, because in the work that I do, understanding human behavior is super important, and it fascinates me. So hearing other people talk and seeing why they behave the way they do and is super interesting to me. It always was fascinating to me. That's why I guess I'm good at what I do, because with that, I developed my my talent to actually also adjust things that I teach to the person because I know how they operate. So, and then until recently, I hadn't even concentrated much on seeing maybe podcasts where young ladies that are in their 20s or mid-30s talk about how life is dating and how they understand concepts, men, how things work in the world. And I, I started being really shocked at how dumb and uneducated many young women are today, how they really believe a lot of stuff they see in movies and series, and they really think it's true. Mm -hmm. 
and how they can't even define certain concepts or completely misunderstand what words actually mean. Yeah. And that's very scary. So then you have this lady, like 25-old lady, who does some kind of online thing. I don't know if OnlyFans or some crappy thing like that. Is on that table in a podcast with a few professional, you know, young guys. And she's sitting there almost wearing a bikini. So you couldn't even focus your attention on what she was saying because she was sitting there half naked, expecting to be taken seriously somehow, yep. saying, well, but if I say this, you cannot disagree. It's my opinion. And the guy had to explain her twice that a fact and an opinion is not the same. And two and two is four, not three. She cannot have the opinion that it's mm. three. Yeah. And she still looked at him funny, saying, but it's my opinion. Yeah. And he said, yes, yeah, so you don't understand what an opinion actually means. So if you really have that already, that's a big problem. If after that, I mean, what comes after that? If you don't really get that concept, how do you view the world? and relationships between people. It's impossible to deal with these ladies. It's an upside down thing. And you look at, you know, and I really, really, really cannot stand the Kim Kardashians of the world, the Cardi B's of the world. I. Oh my God, yeah. That's worst. disgraceful. They are the worst. It's completely disgraceful. You know, and, yeah. you know, and like with Cardi B, let's talk about Cardi B for a second. WAP. Do you know what that is? You heard that? Her, her, her. Not really. Okay, so a WAP is. Let's see how I can. Like being up. hit or something. So like it, being spanked or hit or. It's an aroused woman, wet ass. Okay. 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 I get it. Yeah. So that that was a huge thing. What year ago? Year before that? That was a huge thing that was playing on the radio, promoting. It was promoting women's rights, and how many young girls saw that and were like, "Oh, I want to be like Cardi B when I grow up." But nobody ever talks about the fact that when Cardi B was younger, she used to drug and rob men. Nobody talks about that. Nobody goes, "Oh, wow, she's not much of a you know a." a an example, yeah. Like up. a role model. <laughs> She's not a role model. You have yeah. Kim Kardashian. And I talked about this last night. How did Kim Kardashian get famous? Let's look at that for a second. Well, with, the with one of these tapes, but they promoted it themselves, right? I mean, it was no accident that that came Her out. Mom, Kim Kardashian's mom was the one that went through and watched this. There wasn't one sex tape. There was seven. Yeah. There were seven... Like, oh, we can... Something like, oh, we can sell this. Let's see how we're going to do it. Yeah. She went through the sex Yeah. Like, well, I don't like this one. This one's okay. But we're going to go with this one. Before that sex Yeah, but that... that they made that no stuff acceptable. Yeah. And... and yeah. Kim, I, I, yeah. Oh, man. Kim Kardashian has the gall to be telling girls that they need to be working and making something of themselves. Okay. I'm sorry. You worked off your back. Let's get the facts straight and let's be realistic. You worked off your back. That's how you got your name. But these are the kind of people, the Cardi B's and the Kim Kardashians are who these little girls are looking up to. We're screwed. But let's not forget one thing, Alan. The parents should be regulating yep. what the kids are watching. My daughter is 13. She doesn't have her own cell phone. Why? Because if she really wants to look at something, she asks me, can I have yours because I want to look uh, up these things because I'm doing crafts and I want to copy some of these designs or I want to watch this video. Can I watch it? So if you raise them early on, telling them why it is bad for them to watch certain content that is not age appropriate, they understand. My daughter understands. And if an ad pops up on a video that she's watching about sharks and sea life because she loves this stuff, you know? an ad about a game that is about killing people with guns. And she already finds that sometimes like, oh my God, that's so aggressive. I don't want to watch this. Can you take this away, mom? Can you just do something? Now she knows how to do it herself and just, you know, close yeah. the page or something. I don't know how you call it. But um, she was raised without TV. I always selected the content that we like and watch together or she could watch. 
And if you teach them values and what things mean and you let them grow up without having all that overflowing of, of too sexualized content, they actually develop in a very healthy way where they say, look, I'm actually not interested in that. I don't want to. And we live in a tropical place and she doesn't like girls her age wearing very small crop tops. She says, why do they want to show everybody their belly? I don't feel comfortable doing that. I don't want to do that. She will wear a dress and a shirt skirt and it's normal. You're here on the beach, you know. But I mean, if you don't poison kids with all that stuff 24-7 or you watch what they do, the kids don't have the, the mindset or they, they're not that desensitized that they look at these ladies showing everything and talking about who knows what and being completely like, oh, yeah, that's normal. That doesn't happen with my kid. She doesn't want to see that. She said it's disgusting. Yeah, yeah. And, and she doesn't like to see women showing their cleavage all the time and being so sexualized. She doesn't enjoy to see that. Well, yeah, and that's so, in the society that we've grown up in. You know, a lot of yeah. the, a lot of these young parents, you know, dads as well are guilty of this. You know, if you're having yeah. to work or do whatever and you can't afford childcare, you know, what's what's the alternative? Give the kid a tablet. Put him in front of a yeah. computer, put him in front of a TV. And, you know, yeah. give them free range on that. And and this is the kind of thing that happens is, you know, you look at YouTube for kids. It's supposed to be for kids. Oh, and it, it is not really that good. No, it's supposed to be curated content for kids. But yet there's been more and more reports of sexualized content and sexualized ads popping up within that system. And, I, I mean, we yeah. could go down a whole entirely new rabbit hole with this which i'm not gonna do but no we're not gonna do that now it, it, it's it's part of it's part of the de, yeah. you know desensitizing society and making this uh, normalizing this kind of stuff and we're seeing it we're mm -hmm. seeing the side effects and the after effects of this kind of stuff yeah i mean i i, I totally agree and and this is something i talk about with my clients i mean i've had dads in a six weeks or three months coaching routine with me and they seriously i mean smart people you know lovely guys and they ask you like oh my daughter is 12 and she wants to or she wants me to buy her that eyeliner and that blush and what do i do and i'm like who's in charge yeah well i am but if i don't buy it she gets angry and i'm like she's a kid she needs to learn to yeah. deal with anger when she's being told no. Yeah, well, but how do I justify that I'm not going to buy it? Like, well, you explained to her that at 12 years old, she doesn't need to have three different eyeliners and walk around with red lipstick, that it's not, not okay. It's not good. She's going to attract the wrong kind of attention. And she can practice makeup at home. I did. Yeah. I practice at home. I... I practice things that I saw in magazines and stuff. But my mother taught me how to use makeup the right way. Age appropriate when I was a bit older. Like, yeah, you can use a little mascara, but you don't do it in a way that it looks like, like you don't know how to do it, like it looks cheap, you know? Yeah, she still taught me these things. You don't use a red lipstick if you're 14. That's the wrong thing. You know, you do something more decent or... Or being, a, I used to, I was trained as a ballet dancer. So she said, when you're on your ballet festival, of course, it's different. The makeup you girls do for the stage with all the lightning, and that's a different context. But if you go to dinner with your family, you just don't wear that. So they would explain to you and educate you on these things, what it is being a, a young lady, you know, and the image you portray, depending on how you look, how you dress yourself. But nowadays, it's social media teaching them that. Many mothers don't even know anymore. And then they feel so threatened by their daughters. And these fathers say, well, but what do I do if, if other girls do it? Come on, your girl is 12. You need to be able to explain to her that it doesn't matter what their friends do. You can understand that they compare themselves. But come on, I mean, I'm not really, I don't consider myself a super perfect mother or anything i don't even consider myself to be that smart it's like things that are commonsensical to me 
Yeah. Well, and that's and, why it's it's crazy to see these things and these single mothers thinking that it's normal for their 13-year-olds to post in a bikini and publish it on social media. It's like, yeah. no, where are the parents when you need them? Where's the dad? Well, exactly. And, and I think another part of the problem, and you know, this goes on both sides of the aisle, this goes for moms and for dads. I think a huge part of the problem is they don't know how to parent. They don't know how to be a parent. They're more concerned about being a friend to their child rather than being a parent. Oh, yeah. You yeah. know, so so when you get that dad that's asking, you know, how, how do I tell my daughter no? Instead of just saying no, because realistically, as a parent, you don't need to tell them why you made that decision. It's your job to make that decision. There doesn't need to be objectification or justification for it either way. And I just think, I just think too many parents don't know how to parent. They're not parenting. They're no. being friends. They're friends with their children. Yeah, that's one problem. And with single mothers, with many single mothers, the problem that I see more and more is that many women don't really have the goal to have a family. They just want to have kids. They don't understand that it cannot, you know, that that's not the, the healthy way to do it. And they end up prioritizing having kids over having a marriage. Mm -hmm. And then they have, you know, it's like the kids are their husband. So they run the family like that would be the person they have a relationship with. So they discuss stuff with them. They normally would discuss with the husband. They let them decide stuff that they're too young for. And they're like the friends sometimes or when they're frustrated, they come and cry to their kids. Oh, that guy set me up and blah, blah, blah. And, and then it's like, oh, yeah, mama's sad again. Let, let's go make her something nice for dinner so she feels better. So, yeah, they don't parent their kids really. They have a, a kind of a relationship with their kids that is not really what it should be. So that is a problem also for a lot of fatherless daughters that I encounter, that they never had their mother being an authority, being a nurturer, but somebody who is a mom, who is mm -hmm. in a different hierarchy than they are. Somebody who deserves the respect, but also that they can respect because they see she's got her stuff together. She makes decisions that are good for them. She's able to, to teach them what's right and what's wrong. So if you have a mother that you can't even feel secure with because she's unpredictable, she sometimes cries around like a teenager, involves you in her problems, and it's like your friend, but at, you know, but at the same time, she will yell at you and say, I'm your mother. You have to do as I say. Well, no, you're a joke. Yeah. If you don't follow through with anything and you behave this way, that, that's a big, big problem. Well, and, and so here's another thing. A lot of these single mothers, they are extremely young. I mean, we're talking, yeah. you know, we're talking 13, 14, 15 year olds having kids when they're still kids themselves. So, you know, number one, they're not mature. That's awful. Yeah, they're not mentally, emotionally mature. You know, they don't have a good mindset. They don't have a good head on their shoulders. And and you're giving them a baby to take care of. You know, that that's a recipe for disaster. For disaster, yes. I mean, and there that's where I always ask myself, if they end up being pregnant at 15, where was the father and the mother? Yeah. And I've heard, I once saw this documentary that was mind-blowing of all, I mean, in England, teenage mothers are a big phenomenon, a big phenomenon. They have a much higher rate of teenage mothers in England than they have in Spain or in Germany. In England, it's like really a problem like these working class families, less academical education, which is not necessarily a problem. I have plenty of friends who never went to, to college and are great people, you know, with a lot of common sense and smart, like street smart people and with a lot of class also. But um, these ladies, I mean, you saw it in the documentary, a 13-year-old with her boyfriend was like five years older. I mean, the boyfriend was like 19, the girl was 14. And it's like, my 13-year-old would not be dating a guy who's 18. Yeah. And she wouldn't be dating anybody in this way. And she wouldn't be alone with this guy without supervision. Yeah. 
I mean, there's... And then the single mother. Yeah, and you have this single mom who had been a teenage mom herself, who had like three kids, and her 17-year-old daughter had three kids already. And was super happy with it because she wanted kids. And of course, the government will provide you the living, yep. the place to live, and everything. So she okay. was on benefits. She didn't have to work. And the mother said... Yeah, I know. I've been asked so many times, like, where were you when your daughter was getting pregnant, like, at 13, 15, 16? Like, you cannot keep young people from sleeping with each other. Hell yes, you can. Yeah, you can. You can. You just And if you have tried everything. Yeah. yeah and, if you, and if you say, I'm a single mom, <laughs> I don't know what to do. Um, my daughter runs away, doesn't listen, whatever. You can still say it, 14. Okay, so I'm taking you to the doctor and he's going to make sure and give you something so you at least cannot get pregnant. I mean, you can do that against her will. She's a minor. You have to take care of her. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that would be like a hypothetically very drastic solution if you really cannot keep your daughter from leaving the house without permission. But I mean... You cannot keep them from doing that. It's like, well, yeah, I, I know how to do that with my kid. Yeah. yeah but of course, have, but you got to take it. You need to do a previous work. Yeah. You need, you need to take accountability at least. And you need to, I mean, problem doesn't start when the kid is 13. If you cannot control a, a girl when she's 13, there's something you did before yeah. where I mean, you lost it. You early. lost her. Yeah. It started way earlier than when she was 13. There's some significant exactly. issues. Yeah. And well, yes, I mean, that's, that's the thing. And it's really an epidemic to see how many, you know, so many fatherless kids out there. And, you know, I gotta, I gotta say, and you know that I'm actually pretty, pretty lucky. I don't get that much of a shit storm. People don't come that often to tell me that I'm crazy, that I'm spreading lies. <laughs> but when it happens, Yep. It's usually women. Yeah, it's always women. Who cannot really wrap, yeah, they cannot wrap their heads around the fact that I'm a woman myself and I'm supporting fathers. Well, then it, I tell them, that, like, look. Even worse. That makes it an even worse situation because I think a lot of times they look at you, you're female, they're female, but you're betraying some kind of <laughs> bond by supporting fathers. And yeah. they look at you as going against them when, no, Jen is not going against the woman jen is trying to help the daughter become a better woman become a better yeah. than what you were and you, you can't win with these kind of people they just no, no you cannot and then they tell me like but what do you do if a woman reaches out and not a father i say well if i'm on the same page with her if i believe i can help her i will take her on i don't discriminate her at all but I mean, plenty of women actually follow me too, and they get it. They know that I don't hate women. Yeah. They, they understand. So I sometimes have to tell them like, hey, the women who follow me or even work with me, they have no problem getting the point that I'm making or what I'm talking about. If you cannot get it, okay, you don't have to follow me. Get off my profile. It's totally fine. <laughs> yep. So, yep. yeah. And then they, they come with things like, if you would know what it is to be a single mom, you wouldn't talk this way. I say, I know, I've done it too. And I was raised by one, like, that's why I know, but I'm not afraid to say it, that no matter how good you do with your own child, you're still limited. The father is not there, mm -hmm. or at least not all the time, because my daughter knows her father. But at a certain point when she was very little, he got very ill and he couldn't take care of her anymore. So I couldn't leave her alone with him anymore. And then he needed to move somewhere else with his parents to take care of him because he really couldn't live on his own or work anymore. So for years, we didn't see him. But, you know, as soon as he was better, we kept in touch. And now he Skypes with her. He writes her. He sends her gifts, you know. And she knows. That's my dad. Yeah, I haven't always seen him, but that's my dad. So she didn't make the, the experience I had to make to actually wonder if your father is dead, yeah. if he doesn't love you, to have a father who actually doesn't give a shit, and like yours, like a bad father. Yeah. She knows her father had some issues, yeah. but 
she knows he loves her and they bonded and they look alike so much also so it's good you know it's fine i never people were like oh maybe you don't like it if somebody says she looks like her dad i was like no he was a very good looking man well, i mean he is it's fine with me she can look like her dad you know there's no no problem with that at all so <laughs> you're just not a, yeah i mean some people really come with these things like oh my god doesn't look that much like you does she look like that or is it okay for me to say that because you're divorced yeah it's like yeah that that used it's to drive fine. that used to drive it is part of her identity it's good i don't talk badly about her father it's good that that used to drive my son's mom up the wall because he looked like me he didn't look like her he does and that used to that used to annoy her and i was just like it it's a genetic thing it's yes. a genetic thing so but with look we are at the allen yes we are but you see here my friend ddr express 2018 you see yes. him yes then this father we should all invite to our events he won full custody of his daughter very recently his daughter made an outcry and told the police like my mom is beating me and blah 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 you know and he actually was part of a gang when he was younger he had been in prison so he had a background that wasn't really good yeah. to go and say i want custody and he still won that's awesome he, he did an amazing job Should he has his own business yes i will give you his his contact and he wants his voice to be heard he wants okay. to help other fathers and even his daughter said daddy i want people to know what happened to me so they can you know understand amazing guy he he's going to start coaching with me very soon to awesome. train and help him adapt to the new situation yeah yeah you would love him lovely guy that's great from um yes 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 he's he's really awesome hi there <laughs> So Yana let's uh let's get you to do a plug for yourself where these folks can find you and everything before we give it up for the night. Okay, cool. So uh guys, this um session here has been this show has been super colorful. We have covered a lot of stuff. But why could you need me or want to reach out? Classic situation. I'm alienated from my child and I don't know how to deal with it. I need some type of guidance support call me. If you say I haven't seen my daughter in 8 years and 10 years, how the heck do I reconnect with her now that I could? I don't know what to do. Call me. If you have a brutal divorce, you know, you just need to strengthen the bond with your kids and know how to deal with the whole scenario without losing it and not being able to live normally anymore. I know what it's like. you know you become depressed you can't function you can't focus then you need help so please just go to my profile yana coaching j a n a coaching all in one word you can see it over here i follow alan too just so you can find me in his followers if you don't know where i am um please go to the only link available in my in my bio in my profile and there you can subscribe free to my newsletter i'm going to invite you to the q and a's that i do to events that i do where people like alan can come and teach you some valuable stuff or directly book a consultation or apply for one on one coaching i'm also doing a a holiday christmas discount if you say look I didn't take action before. Let's start coaching now so the holidays it's not such a, you know, it doesn't need to be that hard. If you need support during the holidays, please ask for help. Okay? All right. Well, Yana, it was great as always talking to you. We need to do this again and uh enjoy. Thank you. Me, okay? And I'll enjoy the snow for you. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much for um for inviting me Absolutely. and for coming also for my subscribers they enjoyed it very much they still sometimes write back and say Alan Don Donovan was awesome can he come again or someone else who also has this kind of knowledge that's great and tomorrow I'll be going to the beach actually to eat a pizza by the beach I haven't hey, been in about 3 months because I was busy all day send me a picture of the beach so I can see what I'm missing <laughs> I will 
I will. We have like turtles here and whales and oh, wow. people come here to see the whales. Yeah. Wow. I'll, t I'll tell you what, I'll make you, Very cool. I'll make you a picture of a snowball. You send me a picture of the Okay. <laughs> Deal. All right. Deal. Sounds great. <laughs> All right, Yana. See you guys. Awesome. Thank you so much. It's great talking Love to you. Love you. See you again, okay? Yes. See you soon. All right, guys, that was Yana, Yana Cochin. Argamon, what if you're dealing with a manipulative and neglectful mother? Reach out to Yana, or you can reach out directly to me. I want to thank you guys for staying with me, and I do apologize earlier for the weird cutout or whatever, I guess. You know, apparently I had somebody listening to me that didn't like what I was talking about. It does happen. It is a very real thing. So, but I will be back again next Friday. If you want to come on The Father's Truth and talk to me, go to my bio, click the link there, and you're going to see at the very top, guest spot. Click on that. That's going to take you to another page where you can sign up for your guest spot to come on The Father's Truth. Other than that, that's going to wrap it up here tonight. I am Alan Donovan. I want to thank you guys for stopping by. Have a great weekend. I love you guys all, and we'll talk to you again real soon. Thank you for joining us and listening to The Father's Truth. If you would like to be a guest or know someone with a story that needs to be heard, email Alan Donovan now at thefatherstruth at sohomail.com.